And the Oscar goes to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. Oh my god, you you really shouldn't have. This This is great. I've been working my whole career for this. I I just have a list of people I want to thank. I, I want to thank myself, John. I, I want to thank Henry. I want to thank everyone at the, at the Zero Credit Studios. And really, I, I want to thank my family. They were there for me when, when no one else was. This, this, it, it just really da, means da, so much. Da, da, Don't play da, me off. Da, Don't. Da, 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 I love you all. Da, da, da. And together we're Henry and John bringing all of the Oscar tidbits and tricks to you. That's right. Welcome to Henry and John's Oscars Tidbits and Tricks. Do you want to win an Oscar? Well, you can't. They already happened this year, but maybe next year we'll talk about it. Call my people. They'll call you by your name. That's right. The clock starts now, Michael B. Jordan. Tick tock. What? Disney's already in talks of trying to push, not push, but do one of those Oscar campaigns for Black Panther. Will that pan out? We're going to have to wait an entire year before that. We shouldn't talk about next year's Oscars. <laughs> That's right, Henry. Let me just hop in here to give a quick punch up to the series of sentences you just said. Uh, so Disney is in TikToks with Michael B. Jordan because it's going to be time for the Oscars. And uh, yada, 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 whatever you said. We'll see how that panthers out. And speaking of talks, daylight savings time. That's a thing that's going to end or begin soon, depending on your perspective. That's going to be at the end of the episode, though, because that's not more important than the Oscars, which happened this past weekend. That's right, unless you're in Arizona. Unless you're in Arizona. (laughs) Unless you're you're in Arizona, (laughs) where the Oscars don't matter. Where the Oscars historically have never occurred yeah the arizona is the oscars demilitarized zone no oscars enter no oscars leave it's true i've never been there and i can't verify that oscars turned away at the border anyway the academy awards now john did you know that this was the 90th annual oscar academy award presentation i didn't but i did know that there were two events going on one called 90s cars and one called 90 scars yeah really odd timing that all three of these events the 90th oscars the 90 cars which is a famous rally with 90 cars and the 90 scars which everyone knows is about veterans rights yes Yes, because of all the scars they got. Veterans, right? That's a bad hashtag, by the way. All happened on the same Sunday. (laughs) They did. At 7 Eastern, 5 Pacific. And they were all star studded. Boy, were they. I don't know what stars were at those other two events, but the Oscars, I don't know if you know this, they let stars in the room. Really? Yeah, while they're doing the Oscars. They just let the stars sit there. Man, they should really be called the O-Stars. Henry, let's be honest. It's hard to keep up this level of enthusiasm that people usually reserve for the red carpet. I have almost no enthusiasm for the red carpet. Uh, I mean, we actually, my girlfriend and I, watched the red carpet ceremony this year. You know, it's just a bunch of people walking into a building. Yeah, and people asking those people questions about what they're wearing, uh, who they're wearing, things like that. And, and then they pull Timothy Chalamet over. I don't know his real name. Don't care to learn it unless he's going to be in a Marvel movie. But they pull him over, and then they got they they have a video or a live stream or what have you of his high school teacher and a bunch of 
high school students waving at him, and his, his reaction is the most wholesome thing I've ever seen. He's shocked and surprised. That doesn't belong in the red carpet. It, it really doesn't. Uh, it, it doesn't belong there at all. Also, he is, unfortunately, in talks to star in a DC movie already. Oh, yeah, a DC movie. Is mm-hmm. he... He's gonna be the renamed Shazam? No, no, no. That that went to that other guy, Army Hammer. He's gonna be in Call Me By Your Name or the Submariner. <laughs> that's, that's Marvel. Fuck! <laughs> really good joke, but... That's Marvel. Man, shit. Oh, man. Really good joke, though. I want to stress. However, it was a night of comedy. How the fuck is Namor? Okay, it's fine. Because Aquaman is DC. Oh, okay, yeah. So they needed an Aquaman counterpart. So Namor, or Mm. (laughs) if you're close, Namor. Yeah. He's the Submariner of Submarvel. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Makes sense. All right. You know what's really interesting, John? Oh? All of the little madcap little bits we just did were more funny, in my opinion, than Jimmy Kimmel's hosting at the Oscars. When's the last time the Oscars have been funny? Seth MacFarlane actually had some pretty good bits, and before anyone objects, he did the the, the bit where he's introducing the Von Trapp family, <laughs> and they don't show up because it's the scene in the movie... Where the, the Von Trapps are fleeing Nazi Germany, or, or what have you. They're fleeing the Nazis. And that was a golden moment for television. That sounds pretty funny. You, you didn't see it. I didn't. Oh, it was it was funny. I trust you. Okay, so Jimmy Kimmel's bits. Uh-huh. He had one okay bit. And, and it, was, it was a, you know, if you're going to host the Oscars as a comedian, which it's always really hosted by a comedian, typically... You've got, like, a wheelhouse of jokes you can pull from, oh my god, this show is so long, actors talk so much, other jokes, those are really the main two you can really make. Yeah. Um, I mean, you point out, what's her name, Meryl Streep? You point her out. You say, hey, Meryl Streep. Like, you you have to pay the dues, point out the people who are always there, what have you. So, he he did all of it. He ran he ran the gamut, if you will. Mm-hmm. He started out the night by with this, this little gimmick that whoever gave the shortest speech would win a jet ski. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, he incentivized them. That's, that's funny. To wrap it up. Yeah. And did, that... that did it. It was a costume designer. Whoever won for, for costume designer won the jet ski. Oh, so... I almost spoiled it. I almost spoiled the meat of the podcast, which is the, those Oscar wins. Well, yeah, we're not we're not getting into that yet. We got to preface it, just like the Oscars. You got to sit through us talking about Jimmy Fallon, Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel's monologue. There's two Jimmys in late night. There are. That's interesting. Double Jimmy. Double Jimmy. Where was I going with that? He had a funny bit. He offered someone a jet ski. And so, yeah, okay, the words he was saying were like, let's keep these speeches short. But then he did something really interesting with his monologue, and that he sort of front-loaded all of the issues that people were going to talk about that night. Okay. Like, he he brought up the Harvey Weinstein sexual harassment stuff. He brought up, like, all of these political things that people might include in their speech, and he said it all first. He, like... I'm. I think I already said it, but he, he front-loaded the show by sort of, like, just being the first to mention all these things that people might mention. Mm-hmm. And a weird thing happened in the acceptance speeches. 
Not a lot of mentions of political activism. That there were some, mm-hmm. but not as much as you might think. Well, that's uh, that's certainly interesting. I, I don't know if it's a if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I certainly like the idea of uh, making the statement up front. Hey, these are probably the beliefs that are going to be shared by the people on the stage. So let's get to to them saying other things or appreciating people in other ways. I don't know how I feel about that. It, yeah, it was. It's. It's. I just. I found it interesting. I would say if you compare the thank you speeches of the Golden Globes to the thank you speeches of the Oscars, Golden Globes were much more politically char- like active, charged. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might have to do with the fact that the the actors are actively drinking during the Golden Globes. People might be feeling a more kind of like emboldened by social lubricant. And mm-hmm. I think at the Oscars, you can only drink before. I don't think you can drink during. Man, if I went to the Oscars, I would drink so much. I'd bring so many hip flasks, they would have to escort me out. I would, I would be, I would not make it to the stage. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I don't know how I feel about that because I do vacillate wildly between thinking that people in positions of power should make issues like this known, but also for a lot of these people, they're directly benefiting from the larger systemic problems that create these issues that they're talking about, and they're just kind of having an argument over tea with the other, like, weird oligarchs that we have, but whatever. Yeah, it's a very interesting phenomenon, because it's like, okay... You're a star. Wield what power you have when you have it to push the issues you care about. But also, you're using the systematic power. Like, you're gaining power from a troubled system. And if you really want to change something, you would get out of the system that gave you the power and try to change it from the outside. But uh, I just want to read the little sections where he front-loaded these sort of things in a speech. I'll allow it. All right. Okay, before we start handing out the awards, some history, because we're going to do things a little bit differently. The first Oscar ceremony lasted, and this is true, 15 minutes from beginning to end. And people still complained. (laughs) But so, if you do win an Oscar tonight, we want you to give a speech. We want you to say whatever you feel needs to be said. Speak from the heart. We want passion. You have an opportunity and a platform to remind millions of people about important things like equal rights and equal treatment. If you want to encourage others to join the amazing students at Parkland at their march on the 24th, do that. If you want to thank a favorite teacher, do that. Or maybe you just want to thank your parents and tell your kids to go to sleep. What you say is entirely up to you. You don't have to change the world. Do whatever you want. But with that said, this is a really long show, so here's what we're going to do. Not saying you shouldn't give a long speech, but whoever gives the shortest speech tonight will go home with Johnny, tell them what they'll win, and then the announcer from Price is Right nice. cuts in with the music. It's a brand new jet ski, easy comfort on the 2018 Kawasaki Ultra 310XL. <laughs> the number one choice for watercraft enthusiasts, retail price, $18,000. Back to you, Jimmy. Nice. So... That's there a good go. bit. That's a quality bit. I think that's funny. And they had Helen Marin doing, oh, doing the... Great. The Vanna White The thing. Vanna White. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. Even though that's Wheel of Fortune, but I'll let it slide. Oh, I don't know who's on The prices, Right. Not, no one does. Not, not Vanna White. Not Vanna White. Oh, boy. 
So anyway, I, I thought that was neat. Yeah, definitely a high quality bit, way better than last year, where he's like, what if we take a Star Tours bus and just show them the Oscars? And it was really awkward and weird. They had a moment like that. Oh, great. Um, so across the street was a theater where people were seeing a sneak peek of A Wrinkle in Time. Ah, the, and, uh, the Ursula K. Le Guin film. Yeah, yeah, Ursula K. Le Guin is behind the film. Yeah, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Um, but, uh, and they wanted to go thank the people who, who see movies and, and everyone gave an applause and he was like, I don't mean just clapping. I mean, let's go. And he like grabbed a few stars, Gal Gadot, Lynn Milwam, Bananda, uh-huh. other, other stars, I assume. Oh, Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. a bunch of other stars brought him to the theater, walked in and like, we've got snacks for you and we want to say thank you. And then he let one of the. One of the audience members introduced uh, the ne- the next presenter. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, that's all right. That's way better than the Star Tours bus thing. I don't know. I think I think those are the only mem- moments that Jimmy Kimmel's actually like on mm-hmm. is when he's not doing jokes to the yeah. to the affluent. I think he's more of a, a like a, a middle class comedian. I mean, what's enjoyable about Jimmy Kimmel is that you. You see his sincerity, and his sincerity is not when he's being funny. It's it's when he's trying to get across something that is important to him and is important to the people that he came from, which are people who are less than mega affluent. Yeah, I, I read somewhere, like, he sort of toes the line between safe and, like, cutting edge mm-hmm. to, like, almost an art form, and that's why you get him, because he's not going to be like Seth MacFarlane... And make a bunch of jokes that are going to offend people, even though it's like, it's the night where you, like, pat yourself on the back for doing a great job at acting. Yeah, it's it's literally a night of, of nothing but pageantry for yourselves. All I have to say is, if you want to see an award show that actually has some humor in it, you should probably watch the Independent Spirit Awards, hosted by John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. Hilarious. That'd be pretty good. I should see that. They've, they've hosted two years in a row. They always get Andy Samberg to come on and do a bit, like a, nice. a song bit. This year, um, the Andy Samberg's part was that, so there weren't a lot of like big Hollywood deaths, deaths, mm-hmm. but there were like Hollywood independent deaths, people <laughs> who have, who have gone mainstream. Mm-hmm. So they, they had an in, in memoriam for people who are now in big blockbusters. <laughs> nice. That's funny. Of, yeah. All that's right. funny. Good job, Andy Samberg and friends of the Independent Spirit Awards. But that's enough about that. I think it might be time to get down to the nitty gritty and talk about the winners. Yeah, talk about the two camps, because there's only two places for Oscar. You're either a nom or you're a wan one. A nom or a wan one? Yeah, so you're either a nom or you flip that around and you're a wan. What? Yeah. So you're either a nom... Oh. A nominee or a wan-a-nee. All right. Well, who were the wan-a-nees and who remained a nominee? That's hard to say. <laughs> it really is. Where would you like to start on this list of gods? Uh, well... We can probably start with the boring ones. Like the actual show did. Yes. So we can run through these. Uh, this is just to update you on whoever holds a golden man. If either of us has anything to say about them, we'll register. 
And we're going to start with the most boring of the most boring, at least in my opinion, because none of these people who won are stars. Great. So starting with sound mixing. Ooh, boy. Sound mixing. Very... We've already shared some words about this. Very thrilling category. Probably the only year where I've actually cared about who this award goes to. Now, you would think sound mixing might go to a movie that, I don't know, syncs up the action of the movie perfectly with songs and lyrics and beats, almost, probably, to a key. Yeah, like way better than anything else in the past has, and is a, is a work of art and a love letter to audio. And even features like a character who has a reason to integrate the soundtrack into the plot of the movie. You might think that... A sound mixing category or award would go to a movie that would do such things, and you would be wrong. Because, of course, it went to... Dunkirk. Fuck. A movie about a beach. If you are listening to this podcast and you've seen Dunkirk, raise your hand. I can't see you, number one, because this is a podcast. Also, number two, I have not talked to a single human being who has seen Dunkirk. And that's not to say that a movie being popular means it should win, but come on, man. Come on. Maybe the sound mixing really stands out in Dunkirk, more so than a movie like Baby Driver that we were describing earlier, where all of the sound is so integral to the plot and the composition of the movie. The I don't know. Move on from this category. I hate it. Sound editing. Oh boy. So that clearly went to the movie that is the love letter to audio. Syncs up the music and the action perfectly. So much so that for extended periods of time, uh, door slams, gunshots, and footsteps all fall on the beat of the music. You know, a lot of people mix up sound mixing and sound editing. They think, oh, if it sounds good, that must be the mixing. Or what we're describing might be more of editing. Again, everyone's wrong. Everyone in the world is wrong because Dunkirk got the the Oscar for sound editing. Uh, here is uh, here is my interpretation of both the mixing and editing of Dunkirk based on what I've seen. Oh, okay. I hate Dunkirk. I maybe I'll see it one day. I'm gonna see it one day. I don't know if I like it. What if we both see it and we immediately call each other like, that sound mixing. You're like, that sound editing. So good. If that happens, we will go on air on our podcast and we will issue an apology to Christopher Nolan. Him specifically. We, we shall do that. Move on from this category. Now here's one that you might be excited about because it's the documentary feature. And it's oh. a documentary that you talked about on our podcast. Oh! Icarus! Icarus by Netflix. I really like that documentary. I think it's really good. Maybe one of the most fascinating documentaries because it happened pretty much totally by accident. You know what's really interesting about that documentary? Oh? It came out, and like, of course, the Russian athletes who were caught doping, they weren't allowed to participate in the Winter Olympics this year. Mm-hmm. Instead, they got some, like, the Olympic Committee had a way of clearing certain athletes. So, you, you for the first time we ever, ever, we saw not the Russian flag, it was an Olympic flag, and the, the initial OAR. Oh, the Olympic athletes from Russia. 
You know what's interesting about those some of those athletes? Oh. They were caught having doped. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing with the Olympics, Henry. Yeah. Uh, people talk about uh, the Olympics committee and how powerful and strict it is on doping and drug use. Uh, their, their views are based on having delegations from every country strongly represented. You can do whatever the fuck you want. And still go to the Olympics. I mean, we let we let North Korea go, and that's like a human war crime walking around. Yeah, people... Russia understood for years what no one understood about the Olympic Committee is by just being a country with a large population, you have the Olympic Committee by the balls. Pretty much. There's nothing they can do about it. I've also heard that the Olympic Committee is also very much like FIFA, and that bribes and money... Pretty much rule everything. Yay! Yay! But let's flee that. Icarus won. Netflix got their first Oscar ever. Yes. These are good things. Yeah. Who accepted on behalf of Netflix? Was it like a like a giant supercomputer that was like, thank you for this additional data, and then like chewed up the Oscar? You know, that would probably have been better, but it was just the director of the, the actual... Oh, well, that's good. You know, the first... I, I say Netflix won, but it was... There was a human. <laughs> you know, the uh, the Academy Awards, the Academy. I was going to say the Academy Awards Academy. The Academy, uh, historically in the past, not a fan of streaming services or Netflix's uh, push into movies. So what if they were like, and it goes to Netflix, and they just like tip the Oscar into a little garbage can next to the podium? They've already sort of that, broken that precedent because uh, Casey Affleck won for Manchester by the Sea, and that was on Amazon. True. And I mean, they're, uh, they're trying to skew younger with the Oscars voters anyway. Younger and more diverse. So, probably less of a concern now. Probably. Moving on. Yes. To makeup and hairstyling, one might think, let's review some of the movies that we saw this past Oscar season. And one movie featured, I don't know, Fishman prosthetics all over the goddamn place. In, in amazing, like, practical effects and uh, in a minimal use of special effects. Yeah, one might think, man, that's a good use of makeup. Yeah, one might think that is one of the most impressive riggings of practical and uh, computer-generated special effects I've ever seen. However, you would be wrong. Because the other incredible uh, practical and computer-generated effects are turning an old man... Into an old fat man. Look, Darkest Hour won for this category. Yeah, the Winston Churchill movie with Gary Oldman. Man, uh, did did uh, did uh, did Eddie Murphy win for the Nutty Professor? Because it was just him in a fat suit. Hold on, hold on, though. Yes, because even though what you just said, even though he was fat, he still looked like Eddie Murphy. True, and now he looked. He looked like Winston Churchill. Yeah. When I first saw the trailer for Darkest Hour and the the name Gary Oldman flashed up, my immediate thought was, oh, I wonder what role he plays because I haven't seen him. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, When I saw the trailer for Darkest Hour, I was like, man, I'll never see that. Oh, yeah, me too, because I don't really like biopics and... Winston Churchill's great and all, but what has he done for America lately? Yeah, I don't like Winston Churchill, nor do I like particularly like Gary Oldman. Why don't you like Gary Oldman? We'll talk about it. Oh, no. We'll talk about it. Oh, you're one of them Daniel Day-Lewis fanboys. No, we'll talk about it for different reasons. We'll talk about it for different reasons. Moving on. 
costume design. I don't really have a build up or any. I mean, I was like, oh, maybe this this is where this is where Shape of Water wins. Nope, forget it. Who cares? It went to Phantom Thread, but justifiably, that entire movie is about sewing clothes. Yeah, so it went to. Costume design went to a movie about costume design. I know. I feel like that's kind of cheating, but I don't care enough to to say any more about it. I guess I'm going to make a movie about being the best supporting actor. And then I'm a shoo-in for best supporting actor. I mean, isn't that... No, I don't have a... <laughs> I don't have an example. I was going to say... In a way, Birdman did that for Best Picture. It was about putting it was on, about a picture, yeah. Putting on a sh- um, a play, but true. That's neither here nor there. For that was three years ago. Shit, or something like that. That was a long time ago. That mm. now we get to one of the more interesting categories, John. Yes, cinematography. You know why this is an interesting category? Why? For the first time in ninety years. For the first time, John, a woman was nominated for Best Cinematography. Oh, for what? I can't answer that question because I don't remember who she is. Okay. Or what movie she was behind. Okay, great. And you know why I don't remember? Because you only remember winners. Well, well, that was the joke I I texted you earlier, but I was going to say because she didn't win. True. Which is sad. It is sad. Um, because there was a weird theme in, uh, some of the presenters, and I, I, this could just be the way the script was written, they could have been going off, uh, off on tangents, but, like, whenever this happened, when there was one woman and four men, they would go, the four men and one woman are, Mm. and it's like, alright, I get it, you're highlighting a historic moment, but you're also putting a lot of weird, awkward tension when... If, God forbid, the woman doesn't win. I feel like that really had more of a sting when maybe all of the nominees were male, but I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a funny joke. It wasn't, a, it wasn't presented as a joke. Oh no! It was just presented as fact. I mean, it, it is fact. I don't know. Why are you talking? This is fucking great. Sorry, my laptop decided to start talking because I wanted to look up who the woman photographer... Rachel Morrison, by the way. Rachel Morrison. For Mudbound on Netflix. Mudbound's on Netflix? Yeah, Mudbound's on Netflix. Oh, man. Someone should watch that. Yeah, I heard it's really good. You know what it's about? No. Two families, one Uh African-American, one white, trying to to make something of their, like, kind of get back into the swing of things after World War II and the Mississippi Delta. Oh, how do you know so much about this? They gave it. They gave a brief synopsis of, on it. it oh, during I the, see. During the during the Oscars, because no one watched it. Yeah, I I don't know anyone who's seen Mudbound. I really want to watch it though. No, I'm not helping the problem. Um, they gave a they gave a synopsis about it before they per- performed the song that was nominated for best original song. I see to sort of preference the song people were about to hear, and they did that with all of the. So this wasn't just for Mudbound. That was a joke I made. Gotcha. So anyway, good on her. She will go down in history as the woman. Yes. Boy, I feel bad. feel bad that both of us had to look that up. But you know what? It's, I mean, first one in history where we're trending up. Well, here's the thing. Name one other cinematographer. Oh. Oh. I couldn't. I, I can't either. I, so I don't think it has anything to do with gender. I just, 
maybe we don't put a lot of emphasis on cinematographers. Maybe. It's it's but I mean like I don't know. The the fact that there were more like the the nominees seem to seem to skew more diverse this year, so maybe we're trending up. Maybe inclusion is going up. I think this is a good these are good steps we're taking. Uh by the way, the winner for this category cinematography was Blade Runner 2049 and it was won by someone who's been nominated 13 times. This was his first win. And I can't remember his name. Oh no! Yeah, cinematographers, it's rough. Blade Runner was a beautiful film. I loved it. And I think it deserved to win. I like the first one. Yes, the first one's good. The second one's really good too. Yeah. And you know what? Just because someone loses this time doesn't mean they're not going to get nominated again and they're not... Maybe next time they'll win. We have we have had something to say about every one of these categories and I fear we won't have enough time. Oh no, we're more than more than done. <laughs> more than halfway done? We're more than done. Oh good. I'm kidding. Yeah, we're more we're actually we're flying through this. Okay, good. I I was just concerned because when when we get into best horse, what will we do then? Talk about the the 2000 I want to say 8 hit classic Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg's War Horse. Oh, St- St- Steven Spielberg's. He's like a horse version of Steven Spielberg. What's up? Did he go to war? No, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Steven Spielberg's horse. Alright, we'll slow down when we get to, like... No, we're, not, we're never going to slow down. Let's just keep going. Great. Alright, so production design. It went to The Shape of Water. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely see that. The Shape of Water had, like, really inventive uses of space for a lot of its scenes. I don't even know who else was nominated. Shape of Water, though. First (laughs) win of the night. Well, this isn't in chronological order. Oh. Shape of Water, one of the wins of the night, potentially. Who knows if it won again anything else? I don't know. I guess the, the most interesting production design piece... For me, was the opening sequence where everything's underwater. That's not a spoiler. It's just how the movie starts. That's good, but also like the, uh, I feel like there are multiple scenes that were like transitions from one floor through the floorboards down into the theater below once or twice that I feel like are really cool. All right, Uh, the the design of the the lab and the the like circuitous routes the characters take through it I think are are cool. Everything feels really good and lived in. All right. Only other only comment I saw about this was somebody was like, Guillermo del Toro needs to make a Bioshock movie. Uh, agreed. Use similar assets. Yeah. Just a palette swap of The Shape of Water and you get Big Daddy the film. Pretty much the same time period. Yeah, 60s. Yeah. Alright. So now we get to the first big award of the night. We get to the meat. The nitty gritty, if you will. I think I already said that at the top of the episode. The tidbits. The giblets. The tricks. The best original song. In a movie? <laughs> in a movie! Oh, wow. Not not in the lobby when you're going to the film, but actually in the theater. Did you know movies have songs now? I did, kind of. Yeah, me too. I, I'm not lucky enough to go to the ones that have live orchestras, so sometimes they have sound, sometimes they don't. I've only been to one live orchestra, and it was pretty cool. Was it Star Wars? Harry Potter. Same thing. 
neither of those won tonight. Oh. Because neither were nominated for... <laughs> Great. For Best Original Song. Okay. Instead, you had Remember Me mm-hmm. from Coco, a song from Mudbound that I don't remember the name of, but... Oh, Remember Me. No, it wasn't oh. Remember Me. Oh. But it was performed by someone famous. Okay. Great. <laughs> The, the song from the trailer for Call Me By Your Name. Oh, that's Sufjan Stevens song. Oh, tis you. Yeah, love me some Sufjan Stevens. <laughs> Banjo uh, noise. Common. Okay. Was there. What song? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that Common made... Common accompanied someone else who was actually singing. It was for... Oh, it just came to me. Marshall. Oh, what? The third good Marshall movie. Oh, I see. Okay. That came out. I thought you said the third good Marshall no. movie. Third, third, third good. Third good Marshall. Third good Marshall. Turns out there was a movie about third good Marshall that came out this year. It's called Marshall. It's called Marshall. Maybe we should check it out. Those are four. Can't remember. All right. Man, that song's really good. So is Sufjan Stevens. Who won? Coco for Remember Me. Thank God. Remember Me. So do you happen to have the name of the person who got the award for Coco? Okay, this is actually very interesting. I don't have it on me, but they're a married couple. Yeah, they are a married couple. And uh, and they they won previously for Let It Go uh, from Frozen. Yeah, uh, there's a... There's a much bigger thing within this. Let's see. Robert Lopez. And? Uh, hold on. Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez. Married uh, couple. So the, they're, they had, and I, well, I, I can't lie about this, one of the most awkward award acceptance speeches I think I've ever seen. Really? Yes. Oh. Um, they were cutting each other off. Oh. And, and it, it seemed like there was an argument happening between them. Because this is how that ended. Um, the wife. Mm-hmm. Kristen. <laughs> Kristen, thank you. I don't remember names. Um, she was like, this goes out to our daughters who are right there. And, you know, all of the, the love and creativity and... And all that, 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 you know, but then Robert, Robert cuts in and says, but this isn't for them. This is for my mom who recently passed away. Oh. And then the music started playing and they were ushered off. That's very weird. Some infighting with the Lopez's. Seems like maybe they didn't get their message straight. it, It seems that way. Yes. I do have one thing to say about this. You would think that Robert Lopez would, uh, you'd think that Robert Lopez would be pretty used to awards acceptance speeches right now because he is one of the most awarded men in film. For what? You ever heard of an EGOT? Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the poly blended, uh, shake that you drink to get rid of mumps. Yes, but also, it's the Emmy, it's the Grammy, it's the Oscar, it's the Tony, it's the, 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 Triple crown of... Quadruple crown. What? No. Triple crown of Oscars. I was going to say triple crown of humans. Oh, yeah. Because the triple crown, of course, is for horses. And the last one that won that was War Horse. War Horse, yes. Now, uh, so you'd think he'd be pretty used to awards because he's got one of those. Okay. He also has another one. 
Yeah. He's the only human being to get an EGOT twice. So why does he care? And he's halfway to a third. I... I so he he should have been like, this isn't my moment. This yeah. could be my wife's moment. Uh, that seems very bizarre. I don't know anything about him as a person, but I know that Let It Go and Remember Me are quality hits. Remember Me, so much better than Let It Go. Let It Go is an awesome song. It is. And both... No, we're fighting. We're fighting about Let It Go. What, what I was going to say is, okay, both songs are... are tied to their plots yes but remember me is tied thematically to the entire concept of the movie oh i mean if we're talking about like quality of a song in a movie then like remember me is perfect remember me is great in ways that i won't spoil but remember me is like the perfect song for that movie because it completely encapsulates everything that movie is about twice over yeah Genius song. Let It Go is just a really triumphant thing in a movie that really doesn't have its message straight on its musical themes. Yeah, and that's why it's the better song? Yeah. That's why Remember Me is the better song. Yeah. In a fight between Let It Go and Remember Me, Remember Me wins every time. Plus, you get to hear two styles of Remember Me in the song, in the movie. (laughs) Yes. And they played both styles on the Oscar night. It was actually pretty nice. Nice. They started out with the slow one and moved to the bigger one. Ooh. Which was the end credits scene one with uh, Mario. Okay. Who? Don't know. He didn't have a last name. Oh, so just Mario. Just Mario. Okay. Yeah. So what was next? Next was Score. Score? Oh, I see. Dunkirk. No. (laughs) Oh, because it has to do with sound? Yep. You know, Score, I was actually really happy with what won. Uh, I have no idea who won for best score. The Shape of Water. Yeah, okay. Really good really good score to The Shape of Water. The little haunting, waterlogged melody. Because mm-hmm. they played a little bit of it, you know, to when they're introducing all the nominees. And just like, when I heard that one, I was instantly taken back to the time and place of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know you have a good score. Yeah, if you have a good score if it triggers your sense memory. I mean, it's kind of like the Lord of the Rings score, like... You you can't not no you can't not hear that that iconic Lord of the Rings score and not be you know transported back you know you know da 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 I mean you just yeah like it instantly takes you to a land of witchcraft and wizardry yeah and owls and owls there's so many owls the owls were the fourth army why are we like this I don't know now to go back to boring stuff oh great. Documentary short. Heaven is a traffic jam on the 405. Keep going. Live action short. The Silent Child. Sure. Interesting thing about The Silent Child. Apparently the person who who's wrote it and won the Oscar for it is a landlord who sucks. Great. Because <laughs> somebody instantly took them in that saying... Not to rain on her parade, but I really hope she doesn't win. Oh, no. Because she put a hole in her wall, and it's still there. And, like, he posted pictures of the hole. <laughs> and the hole just has an Oscar in it. <laughs> anyway, this, yeah. the, this is a fun a fun little thing there. Yeah, fun short short films. Yeah. Short films like short fiction don't matter. You made me sad, because... <laughs> I'm kidding. As a person who's only published short fiction... I'm kidding. Have you ever read my story? It doesn't matter. Best animated short. Oh, good. This is a goodie. Yeah? Because now we can say with definitive 
authority and, and no sense of irony, Kobe Bryant has an Oscar. Kobe, Kobe Bryant has an Oscar, a sentence that I never thought I'd say in my entire human life. And, you know, I was, for, for a second there, he was standing there with another person. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his name because he wasn't Kobe Bryant. This is just how our society That's works. That's really how Kobe Bryant's life works. And you know, it says winners here, but it doesn't have their names. New Great. York Times, get your shit together. But anyway, Kobe Bryant was standing there with another guy. And I was like, okay, so did Kobe, like, he, he produced this or something? No, it turns out he wrote it. Yeah, he wrote Dear Basketball. Dear Basketball. Yeah. Uh, and and that, I find that really awesome that he, he wrote something for... To, to kind of like inspire kids, and it kind of goes through his life. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kobe Bryant has a checkered past. I know nothing about him because I don't follow basketball. Is but, he is he Steph Curry? Yes. Okay. No, uh, he's the Steph Curry of having bad women stuff uh, happening. Do people refer to him as the goat? I uh, know they refer to him as Kobe Bryant, not the goat. No. Sorry, Jamie, I lied to you. No one calls him the GOAT. I don't know what people call him. I just know the greatest of all time. Maybe they call you by his name... The GOAT. Dear Basketball, Kobe Bryant had a fun little moment in his speech. Where he shot the Oscar through the air and sunk a three-pointer and then Gangnam Style started playing. It was a weird moment because the other guy was going on about, like, inspiring people. Saying, this is for my dear beloved wife who passed away. No, he didn't do that. He, oh. he, he, was, he was like, you know, hopefully, like, we're out, you know, this is going to inspire some kids to, to follow their dreams, you know, nothing's out of reach. And then Kobe Bryant just, like, leaned in the mic and said, drink Sobe Life Water and peaced out. He cut in and said, well, I don't know anything about that because I should just shut up and dribble. Oh. Well, that's, uh... I don't know if you know about that. I don't. Oh, I remember. He the, wa- poli- the politics He thing. weighed in with a political opinion and somebody tweeted at him, you should shut up and dribble. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so, I don't know. He used his platform and his power and his newfound Oscar to get a little message out. Thank God Oscars give people the power to be heard. Film editing. Film editing. If it's got the word editing in it, it must go to Dunkirk. Whatever. Dunkirk got everything with, like, mixing or editing in it. Move on. Visual effects. Dunkirk. No. Oh, a little movie you might know, and I might know, as Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, I could see that. Mostly for that one scene with the helicopter. Which one is that? I don't know. They keep showing every oh. clip. They have like this hover air vehicle just like doing this, like coming down slowly. I'm like, they did it. They, they really, they did, really, it. They really they did it. They really did it. They nailed it. I mean, they can't. They Blade can't. Runner's a... Blade Runner 2049 is beautiful, and if you look at the amount of that movie that was practical effects, you'd be amazed. You'd be surprised? Like, uh... You'd be Mad Max surprised, or you would be Pirates of the Caribbean surprised? Closer to Mad Max surprised. Not like all they did was color grade it, but they're like huge, like, uh, fly-throughs of a city, and there's a scene that takes place on this, like, huge dam with, like, the ocean crashing into it, and uh, a lot of that was totally practical. Especially the city. They, like, built this huge scale model city. It's That's awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. I, I love when they do little scale model things for, like... Because that's the way it was, 
And yeah. You, I don't know. It just it feels better looking at it. Twenty forty nine is a gorgeous movie. Deserve that win. All right. I'm glad they won, and we're moving on. Yes. To animated feature. Now this oh. this was a hotly contested uh, category, John. You had the Boss Baby. Yeah, can't forget about the BB. You had Ferdinand the Bull. Ah, oh, John Cena. You got the Breadwinner. What? I I'd never heard of this film before. I think it was a foreign film, actually. Okay. You got Loving Vincent. Yeah. Which shouldn't have. Yeah. And then you have Coco. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be close. Is it? I mean, you have th- three films. That celebrate uh, Hispanic heritage to the best of their ability. You got Loving Vincent, you got Boss Baby, and you got Coco. Which one's gonna win? Which one's gonna get the inclusivity win? <laughs> which one? Which one's gonna go home? Well, I think I think it's time the Academy admits they don't care about the animation category because they nominated Boss Baby and Ferdinand the Bull over Lego Batman. Yeah, never seen it. They. You saw Lego Movie, though. I did. It was really good. That didn't get nominated for an Oscar. That's a shame. Boss Baby? Boss Baby. Why? Boss Baby. Coco took it, thank God. Of course. Coco, one of the best Pixar movies I've seen in years and years. Coco, so good. I mean, at this point, I think of the... I think... I, I Of the 16 animation awards they've given out, nine of them have gone to Disney... Okay. So I think at this point it's just the Disney category. That's fine. All right. Foreign language film. Oh. A Fantastic Woman. Okay. I saw the trailers for A uh, Fantastic Woman uh, before we saw some movie. I, Tanya. I saw it before I saw I, Tanya. Oh. It, it looks it looks captivating. Has a, has like a, a trans lead. Like it's, It looks super cool. Okay. Uh, what language is it in? No idea. Okay. Subtitles. That's not a language, John. <laughs> From what I understand, The Square was also up for Best Foreign Language Film, and people are pretty upset that The Square didn't win. It's apparently phenomenal. I, and it's on Hulu. I know nothing about foreign language films. Watch The Square. It's apparently absurd. Okay. I love absurdity. It's like an absurd comedy. That's my favorite. Nice. I like Gal Gadot. Waiting for Gal Gadot. <laughs> Waiting for Gal Gadot. Adapted screenplay. Oh, I see. Why are you clapping softly? You got a screenplay and then you adapted it. No one deserves this to win this category more than Adam McKay every year. Who's Adam McKay? The guy who did the big short. Yeah, he did that. It's over. Yeah, but he won for multiple years. He stored it up in how good the big short was. Adapted screenplay was the only chance that a good comic book movie had a shot at winning. What was nominated? Logan. Okay. Logan was nominated. Mm-hmm. Logan did not win. Yeah, I can't imagine that it would. Uh, it was a shame, because only for the merit that this is the only like superhero movie that isn't a superhero movie. I, I take issue with the adapted screenplay category, because I feel like to win it, or at least to vote intelligently on it, you need to be so aware of the source material and the work that went into adapting it. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like maybe that's not the case. I don't know. But of course, there's always 
adapted the screenplay is like, do you give points for adapting faithfully? Do you give points for adapting creatively, like Adam McKay for The Big Short? Rest in peace. So, like, he's not dead. He's not. The Big Short is though, because oh, it didn't yeah. win any Oscars this year. <laughs> it can't. But uh, I do believe that was taken by Call Me by Your Name. Yes, it was taken by Call Me by Your Name, and I'll call you Charles in the morning. <laughs> So, uh... But, here's what you don't know, because you didn't watch it. I didn't. The Oscars, not the movie. I also didn't see the movie. I also didn't see the movie. The person who adapted it has an entire career of adapting books into movies. Other works you might know. The Remains of the Day. Ooh, that was a good movie. Howard's End. Nope. A third movie that I recognize the book, but I... A third movie about people in a room. Yeah. So, this is just his career. Yeah, I guess he just buys screenplays and turns them into award-winning movies. He just goes to Barnes & Noble and says, What book calls out to me to... And this guy is ancient. He's like... 80. What book calls my name? Calls me by my name. Uh, I kind of want to look him up, but at the same time, we need to move on. True. This These shows go long. They do. You said we were running through it real fast. We're trying. Best original screenplay, John. Are we not even to the people yet? There's no humans in this. We're about to get to all the people. Okay, good. This is the last award before all the people. Oh, so original screenplay? So the only one Get Out could have won? Yeah. The only one... Now, I'm not a betting man on the Oscars anymore. I kicked that bug the last time I decimated all of my friends in Oscars betting pool. Yeah. Original screenplay was where they were going to give Get Out its due, and that's it. Pretty much. If if you look at original screenplay and you try to pick those out, Get Out was going to win. You know what? You knew it. I knew it. Jordan Peele knew it. You know what made me, made me really sad? What? That Get Out had to ha- come out the same year as Kamel Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon's The Big Sick. The Big Sick. Yeah. Uh, that was... If you look at the the people in that category, you knew The Big Sick was not going to win. Because The Big Sick is so, so good. But uh, those were movies that were going to win different categories, and Get Out had to fit in somewhere. Yeah. And that's not to say Get Out's not a great movie. I really, really like Get Out. But you know the Oscars. No, I want to look up the original uh, screenplay nominations, because it's exactly how you described it. If you look at who else was in the category... It, there, you would know. There was no way. I feel like it was three billboards, maybe Phantom Thread, I think maybe it was Shape La- of Water. Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Yeah, well, I was actually kind of 50 50 because I thought Lady Bird might take it there, but I'm glad that Get Out won. Yeah, so it was The Shape of Water, three billboards, Get Out, Lady Bird, and then The Big Sick. And it got eaten alive. I know. It's just. I like I like Camille Nanjiani. Mm-hmm. I want him to go far in this life. And maybe this is just a tip. Maybe not the tip. The tip would be <laughs> on the downswing. Maybe this is just the the first the anti tip. The first uh, rock. Yeah, the first rock of his pyramid. I don't know. I just they did win an independent spirit award, so that was good. I don't know what for because I didn't actually watch it. I just watched the opening monologue because I'm a trash person. Kamel Nanjiani posted a video, not a video, a picture on Twitter, uh, where it was like headed to the Oscar viewing party, and it was him and Emily in a limo wearing like tuxes going to the Oscars. Very good, very funny. He's very funny. He's I love the big sick. I love 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 that movie. I really really like it. 
And now, oh, get out one. Yeah, no. <laughs> get out one because I mean, I mean that's the one place where the Oscars had room for get out because you know how the Oscars are. They so was there. white. Uh, they're less white. They're less white. Although but. this year, Viva la Mexico. Yeah, Viva la Mexico. Viva. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Viva. Viva la Mexico. Viva la Mexico. Because Coco. Coco. And then Coco Song. Coco Song. And then a spoiler for later. Okay, so we a spoiler for later. Yeah, so three. Okay. Now we get... And congratulations to Jordan Peele. I don't mean to yeah, gloss over no. this. It's a huge achievement for him. He was a comedy writer. This is his first time writing a horror film. Awesome. Yeah, Golden Globe, bunch of other awards. Oscar. Uh, get Out was super amazing. Is a massive achievement. Uh... It's it's impact was so great it feels like it came out five years ago and I still need to watch it. It was free. You just needed to go to Houston to see it. I didn't want to go to Houston. Yeah, nobody wants to go to Houston. I didn't want to be surrounded by white people. Ha 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 ha. And now we get to the people, the people, the, the big, names. the big tricksters, the the these people that we're about to say you're going to be seeing at least for the next. Two movies they do. The names of individuals. You know what they say about when you win an Oscar? Gotta do two more. You do two more movies and then we'll see. We'll yeah. see where you are then. Yeah, we'll extend your contract at movie. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh yeah, you won an Oscar. What have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Best Supporting Actress. Best Supporting Actress. What a field. A phenomenal field with tons of great people. And this this year, super proud of the person who won. Because I don't know who won. You don't. I don't. I didn't watch the Oscars, Henry. How many times do we have to cover this? Oh, I don't know. I need to fly off the angle. angle. This is the first time in seven years I haven't watched the Oscars. Do you, do you think I'm happy, Henry? He's so angry. Do you think I'm happy about this? No. Who won? Allison Jamie. I, Tanya. For... <laughs> yes, for I, Tanya. It's the only movie I've seen with her in it this year, and she was good in it. She plays the uh, the mom. The mom. Fantastic performance in a movie that I deemed too glib for its own good. Oh. There was a joke at the Independent Spirit Awards where, do we have to now sit through a movie where Nancy Kerrigan <laughs> sits through I, Tanya and watches a movie... Of explaining how she's not the victim. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Allison Janney, like, she's been on a ton of, like, weird, like, 120, like, TV shows and films under her belt. Mm -hmm. And, and, like, this is her first Oscar. Uh, I would say that there is one performance in I, Tanya that almost gets Margot Robbie an Oscar in my book. You've seen it. Nope. Oh, there's one performance in I, there's one moment in I, Tanya where I'm like, God... Margot Robbie is one of the most talented actors alive right now. But uh, Allison, Allison Janney, Janey? Janey? Uh, yeah. Allison Janey. Uh, Janey? Really? She's really good. Uh, that performance was great through the entire movie. Really magnetic, really awful. Like a horrible, detestable human being. Well. As was in real life. Well, yeah, I mean. Sometimes you get rewarded for being bad people, <laughs> yeah. but only when you're playing them in movies or you're Chris Brown. Mm. Mm. Best supporting actor. Oh, best supporting actor. What a field. What a field. What a phenomenal field. Phenomenal field. You know how many best supporting actors I can name? Go for it. Heath Ledger. Not this year, certainly. No. 
I meant historically, John. Oh, yes, I meant the, historically. The historically, absolutely. For How, Batman. Yeah. And uh, I can... Here's all the supporting actors that I know are in this category. Sam Rockwell. There was also... I think that should tell you what we know. Oh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson? Yeah. For the same movie? For the same movie. For Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri? Yeah, for Sign, Sign, Everywhere, Sign. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, Sign, Sign, there's just kind of three signs. <laughs> well, yeah. Sign, Sign, just kind of three signs. They're right there, and now they're behind, because he's, he's walking. He's driving or walking. Anyway, uh, Sam, Sam Rockwell won. I think we should take that again. Sam Rockwell won for three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Here's the thing with Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell is one of my favorite actors, has been for years. I am so, so, so happy. I think this is his first Oscar. It is. It's great. I love Sam Rockwell. Uh, say what you will about the fact that if... It's fine. We're not going to get into that on the podcast because there's a lot there. I really liked his performance in Three Billboards and I like him. I liked him in Moon. Moon was good. He was the first award they gave out. Weird. And then they did a bunch of boring technical awards. They're like, oh, let's hook him with the Sam. Yeah. Next. Best <laughs> actress. Oh, best actress. Of all time. What a category. What a field. Meryl Streep. What? Oh, yeah, The Post. The Post. Yeah. Movie that no one saw. Yep. Dun- it's the Dunkirk of the news. Main actress from Lady Bird. <laughs> She's Irish. Oh, uh, 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 sort, uh, God, how do you pronounce her name? Oh, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like Sarah, is she? It's not that. It's like Roosh. Yeah. No, you know what I mean. Okay. <laughs> Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. That's not the name we were tripping over. <laughs> Francis McDormand for Three Billboards. Sorshi Ronan. See, I... Sorshi Ronan God, for Lady Bird. God, I seriously used to know how to pronounce that. Margot Robbie for, for the I, post. Comma, for I, Tanya. <laughs> the post. Yeah. Uh, really good, all of them. Really good. Really great all around. Except for maybe Meryl Streep was only there because the Academy loves her so much. The Post. No one watched it. Everyone watched The Post. You know how many people watched The Post? How many? The same amount of people who watched Dunkirk. Zero. Yeah. Big fat goose egg. Big fat goose egg. So put your money down, John. Who do you think won? Uh, who do I think won or who do I know won? Oh, you already know this? <laughs> I do know the answer to this Well, who one. do you think won? Who do I... I think that it is a tight race leading up, leading up to it because I love me some Margot Robbie. She's been... She is like... Getting exponentially better at acting. Margot Robbie could become, like, the best actor working. She's come a long way from choosing to be nude in Wolf of Wall Street, and that was her choice, not the director's. Yeah, I I think that Margot Robbie is getting better and better and better. Like, at a scary pace. And I think she was really, really good in Itania. I think she was really good in that Australian commercial, but we'll keep going. And then we have uh, Sally Hawkins for Shape of Water. Yeah. Great performance. Completely mute. Really good. Magnetic. Actually thought she was mute. She's not. She's not. But she looked it. She looked it and just perfect. So this is, uh, and Frances McDormand, 
Who who made Three Billboards what it is? Yeah, without Francis McDormand, Three Billboards, the critical darling that it is, would be nothing. Yes. It would have a uh, punchy, fun script, but it would not at all be the same thing. It wouldn't have the weight or the Oscar that it won for Best Actress that yes. it had <laughs> yeah. has without Francis McDormand. Really, she gave so much to the film, and for her contributions, such as her great acting, her Oscar that she won for Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, it's really no surprise that she got the Oscar for Best Actress in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. Um, I, I do, There's a note that I need to we need to cover, because her... Her Oscar was stolen. No, her speech was very, very political, very passionately charged for inclusion, for equality. And she ended her speech by with this. I'm just going to say two words to end my speech. Inclusion writer. Oh, okay, yeah. An inclusion writer. And I don't, a lot of people might know what, not know what that is. Or they misheard her because I thought she said inclusion writer. And I was like, oh, you just want to write her who, who is... Who is inclusive. But no, it's actually... if You, you can explain it if so you want. To the best of my knowledge, an inclusion writer is... Uh, your writer is something that is attached to your presence in a film that has certain stipulations that make you be part of it. An inclusion writer is saying, I will only be part of this movie if it meets a certain inclusivity threshold that I demand. Exactly. I want, you know, you can be granular with and and say, I want X percentage of people in the writer room to be people of color or women or or anything like that. Or I just want less than 70% white dudes. Yeah. And and it it basically comes down to... Uh, I think the max is like 50. I want 50% of the cast or and or crew to be inclusive. Yeah. And she wants... She, she, like, behind the scenes, she explained what she meant. You know how she t- they take the Oscar and take a bunch of pictures and they have like a mini press conference or whatever for the press. Mm-hmm. Uh, she explained that she, had, she just learned about this like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And she's like, more people need to be aware of it and start, like, putting them in. Because if you're big enough, that you know, the studios are going to bend for you. If you're not big enough, you probably can't pull it off. But uh, if you're a big name, like any of the people who won tonight, hey, try it. Try putting an inclusion writer in there and... So let's let's see what happens. Let's get these people behind the camera looking a little different. And I mean, she she did it in the in the classiest way, in that she told everyone from the world stage what an inclusion writer is. So hopefully, we'll be seeing a little bit more inclusivity in there. Also, another side: her Oscar was stolen. What do you mean her Oscar was stolen? Her Oscar was physically stolen from the Oscars rap party. Who stole it? Some jerk. Some some weird vagrant who posted on... Not vagrant. That's offensive to vagrants. Uh, some weird trash man who, like, went to the Oscars dressed in a tuxedo and, like, Snapchat and Facebook lived him stealing Francis McDormand's Oscar, lying to people at a party, saying he got it for... I think he just said music, and he kept saying, Oh, I just can't believe me and the team won this Oscar. Wow. He stole Francis McDormand's Oscar. So we know who he is, right? Oh, yeah. So here's a little bit of... It's not even a story. It's just a strange sentence. Uh, Wolfgang Puck's photographer caught him. What? So Wolfgang Puck caters all of the Oscar parties? And they... they Wolfgang Puck's food photographer saw him take the Oscar, remembered his face, 
and caught him and had the Oscar returned and Francis McDormand doesn't want any charges uh, filed against him because he's clearly mentally unstable. Okay. He well, doesn't, he seems not okay. I, he's I'm, got coke eyes. I'm glad. What an odd story. It's a very odd story. I never thought I'd say the words, some weirdo stole Francis McDormand's Oscar and Wolfgang Puck's food photographer caught him. Yeah, and I would think you're you're talking about the one she won for Fargo. Oh. This, this was her second. Yeah. Good. Yeah. She need more. No. Oh. Well, well, we'll see her in two more movies. Yes. So, well, four or, billboards outside Evan, Missouri. The and sequel, yeah. Lost in Space 2. She wasn't lost in space. No, but oh. she can be. No. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Moving on to Best Actor. Yes. What a category. We what got. What a field. We got. I can't name a single actor who's in. Oh, Phantom Thread. Daniel Day Lewis. Shouldn't Timothy. Timothy. Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis for Phantom Thread. Daniel. Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya for Black Panther. Gary Oldman. For uh, Darkest Hour, Timothy Chalamet, Call Me By Your Name, Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. That last one's just a bad movie from what I understand. What I understand is it wasn't a movie. They just filmed him walking around pretending to be a lawyer <laughs> for three weeks. And they're like, gotta get the Denzel in there. We Look, we got Meryl Streep. We gotta get the Denzel in there somewhere. The Academy loves Denzel Washington. And they love Meryl Streep. What is up with the... Who... How do I be one of the Academy? Uh, get Invited. By whom? If you ask, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. I didn't ask. Oh, well. I'll, I have to send you an email. <laughs> Alright. This category's a bit of a wash. I mean, from what I understand, Daniel Day-Lewis was good in the Phantom Thread because he was being Daniel Day-Lewis as hell in a P.T. Anderson as hell movie. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, great performance in Get Out. You have Gary Oldman, uh, he was Winston Churchill. Uh, you have Timothy Chalamet, who was in Call Me By Your Name, and from what I understand was a really good performance. And learned how to play the piano and the guitar and be gay. It's really tough to learn all three at once. Yeah. It's really tough. Also, I've never seen the movie Something About a Peach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something About a Peach and what, what a guy can do <laughs> to a peach. Yeah, there's a... Yeah, Peach gets ruined. What? What? Peach gets ruined. What? Peach gets ruined. And then you have, uh, like we said, Denzel Washington for a movie no one's seen about nothing. Who do you think won? Or do you know? I know who won this one. We'll say it at the same time. Okay, three, three two, two, one. one. The Peach. Ah, oh, the Peach. <laughs> no. Best actor, the Peach. Gary Oldman. Yep. And uh, I saw a comment, one of our mutual friends just said this in response. I hope Gary Oldman appreciates his Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes. Is this Gary Oldman's first Oscar? Yes. Is it? Yes. Okay. I feel odd about Gary Oldman's victory. Yeah? I, uh... I feel odd about his victory for for one reason, and it's something that's kind of hung over Gary Oldman's career in the back of my mind for a while. And, uh, I... Okay, there's no way to maintain the the fun atmosphere we've been having if I address this. What 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 did he do? Uh so he had an ex-wife. Uh his ex-wife's name he is Don. He had an ex-wife? 
Well, he had a wife. He, his ex-wife? he had a wife who is now his ex-wife. Oh. Uh, Donya Fiorentino. Never heard of her. Is she important? Uh, yeah. So the, the thing that is credibly alleged against Gary Oldman and has kind of cast a shadow over his career is he kind of beat her with a telephone. I, I don't know how to say it in, in better, in better terms than that. There's nothing jovial or enthusiastic about that, John. It's, it just makes me feel weird. And it's something that I've known, and I will sometimes be like, oh, Gary Oldman's such a good actor, or I like Gary Oldman this. But then always there's something in the back of my head being like, there's something wrong with what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, years ago with the telephone thing. And I mean, it, it's one of those, like, he, he said, she said things, but I mean, I don't know. It's real messed up. Look, and from what I understand, people said that he had like a really awful temper in all of his relationships and threatened physical violence all the time. So I don't know. I don't know either. It's real weird. I don't have a comment. But hey, that Winston Churchill movie, though. I'm never going to see it. You're right. I only like Winston Churchill when he's punching bears, but then he's going by the name Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> Theodorus. Theodorus. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just hate to ruin that category. I just I, wanted to tell people why I felt weird about it. It's a super interesting move by the Academy if they're trying to be all... All pushing, times up. Pushing this narrative. They're not, though. I don't know if you know that. They're not. All of the actors and actresses, they are. Mm-hmm. The Academy just wants to appear as though they are. Yeah, the Academy wants the PR boost of seeming inclusive by uh, by getting people, by getting Oscars voters to trend more inclusively. Yeah. But the Academy itself is not a very progressive organization. They just want to get, they want the media off their back, so they, they do these moves. Yeah, they, just they, like the Olympic Committee. They they nominate more inclusive, or like more diverse people for awards that they have no intention of give, giving them. Yep. Speaking of which... The final I, award. Two. Oh, two awards. I know. We're going... Look, it's a long show. It's a long show. And we're not going to win the jet ski. Damn it. <laughs> the jet ski. <laughs> jet ski. Best director. Best director. Now this is a... Who cat. could it be... Sorry, I thought... You were going to do a John Cena joke? Well, back in the early 20th century, the Oscars had a... It was a different Oscars song. And it went, Who could it be? But of course, in the case where a film would win, it would go, What film could it be? I have no idea what you're talking about. You just haven't watched enough of back when the Oscars was 15 minutes long. Basically, Warren Beatty would come out and he'd say... Who's the Oscar? And then a chorus would say, Who could it be? And then the Oscar winner comes out. And that's over. It used to be a quick show. 15 minutes long, start to finish. And there's just an ad for Mountain Dew, Ice, and Doritos Fire. Warren Beatty came out and said, Who could it be? And then a chorus goes, Oscar Man. And then Oscar Man walks out. And he embraces the Oscar winner. Now you see the statue is actually Oscar Man died years ago. Best director include Guillermo del Toro. Yep, Guillermo del Toro. 
Greta Gerwig. Gre- Greta Gerwig. I don't understand what's happening with this pronunciation. <laughs> Paul Thompson Anderson. <laughs> okay, Paul Thomas Anderson, P.T. Anderson, sure. Jordan Peele. Okay. Christopher <laughs> Nolan. <laughs> Uh, Christopher what, Nolan uh, what, was, what was Christopher Nolan nominated for? Dunkirk. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. I didn't realize it was Paul Thomas Anderson was nominated for a movie about fucking clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta say, I saw the trailer for Phantom Thread like three times when I went to the movies. Could not be more bored by Look, a premise for a movie. It's not about clothes. It's about the nature of human relationships. I don't care. It's about... You know what movie's about the nature of human relationship? Every movie that has ever come out. Avatar? Yes. Okay. Because it's about people who are different from you. We're talking about the James Cameron? Yeah. And how to get along with them. Watch out, Jake Sully. (laughs) Did I make that joke last week? Watch out, Jake Sully. Watch out, Jake Sully. All right. I don't care about Phantom Thread. (laughs) I uh, I really like P.T. Anderson. I really like Daniel Day-Lewis. And this is the one time I legitimately don't really want to see one of their movies. I don't know. Daniel Day-Lewis's hair looks really good. Sure. I don't know. It's good. His hair. Yeah. What? All right. So this was another time when they said the four, the four men and Gerda. She actually named Gerda. Greta. Greta. By name before like introducing them, which was kind of like... You know, John, tell us your name, kind of a thing. Yeah. Look, I just gotta say, when you do that, you're putting a lot of tension in the room, a lot of pressure in the room. What happens when they don't win? Yeah, well, if they don't win. No, they, she didn't. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's front-loading with a lot of weird pressure, because the decision was already made. Yeah. I don't know. Not that anyone besides the accountants at some stupid firm knew. Oh, you mean... Who I forgot the name of them. This was like one of the first times in years they didn't feature them. Like, <laughs> yeah, because they fucked up so bad last year. Yeah, they did. So who won? Who do you think won? Uh, I know who won because this is one of the important ones. But let me see. What a field. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've only seen one of them. God, this movies. is actually a really bizarre list. What? How so? It's a bizarre list because, okay, you have Guillermo del Toro, someone whose films vary so wildly in critical reception. So much so to be ridiculous. Uh, which I was going to do a bit about, but we don't have time. Well, we've got so much time. We don't. Uh, you have Greta Gerwig, her first, her directorial debut, what Greta you- Gerwig, Indie Darling, and... My fantasy wife. No, that's weird and possessive. I just like Greta Gerwig a lot. A fantasy wife. One of my fantasy wives. And Still husband. possessive because you yeah. said mine. Okay. A, uh, a, a hypothetical fantasy wife. A hypothetical fantasy for wife. For anyone. Yeah, for anyone, not just me. No, yeah. Yeah, my hypothetical polyamorous relationship. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Greta Gerwig. Love Greta Gerwig. She wrote it. She wrote it. She, she wrote directed it. it. Yeah. That's awesome. And Lady Bird is, from what I understand, an incredible movie that I haven't seen because I didn't have an opportunity. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see it either. But from what the trailers show, it's about a daughter who doesn't get along with her mother, which is like, I don't know, the quintessential, like, growing up girl movie. You got a Paul Thomas Anderson. For a boring film about clothes. You got a Jordan Peele. For a movie I still have yet to see, and that... Lingering on making me racist. It would be very 
It would be so weird if Jordan Peele won. It would be. It would, super it would just weird. be. It would just be so out of character for the Oscars to go for like a horror comedy. Because one, they don't like comedy, and two, they don't like horror, and three, they don't like black people. Okay, that's just a trifecta for them not winning. <laughs> and then we have Christopher Nolan for a movie no one saw. It's a weird field, and I know that uh, good old real GDT won. Oh yeah, he did. Sorry, yeah. I, you you confused me by spelling his name at me. <laughs> oh, you don't know Real GDT? No, is that his Twitter? It is. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Real GDT, uh, the the GDT Super Slam took it with the the Oscar win. Awesome speech. The one part of the Oscars I watched was his speech. Is Amazing it, speech. He gave yes, so good. One thing that I love about GDT, the real GDT, at the real GDT on Twitter.com, uh-huh. is that uh, just how much he relies, not relies, but how, how much he, he loves and brings to life fantasy and like magic realism. All of these like uh, the, these elements that we don't see in dramatic films today. That like The reason why I don't like the Phantom Thread is because it's just human. Mm-hmm. And we're... Humanity is how many years old? How many two thousand? Sto- <laughs> how many stories are just human? Um, most. Yeah. So, like, I feel like using fantasy to say something about the real world takes more takes more guts. Takes more like you got to be a little more creative. Maybe just a smidge more creative. And someone who's just going the, the, the traditional route. And, and it's just like there's so much more onus put on it. Because like, oh, you've got a fish man mm-hmm. in your film. Who's going to take that seriously? The Academy, fucker. Yeah. Like, like I mean, we're at the, the point where I can write the stories I want to write. And let me do it. Don't take this away from me. In a way, I feel like real GDT. I feel like... Uh, and not to put this in like a weird possessive nice guy territory with my analogy now that I realize what it's going to sound like. But it's like a rom-com. So Hollywood is like a beautiful, complicated woman. And the entire movie, she is like, she or he, complicated person. She or he is going through a series of relationships with people that don't truly appreciate her and aren't good for her but the whole time she has this really good friend real gdt who appreciates her warts and all loves all of her horror movies her comedies loves everything about hollywood and hollywood apocrypha and hollywood mythos and just worships the ground that he or she walks on and then at the end they get together and that's them giving him an oscar all right because guillermo del toro has a passionate love for movies as an art form that i don't think any human being shares to the same degree guillermo del toro is someone who can make a movie like pacific rim or hellboy 2 or blade 2 or uh pan's labyrinth and he can make it as an honest full love letter to a thing that he has spent his life dedicated to he is the perfect person to win an Oscar. That's awesome. He is the season finale, the series finale Oscar winner. Well, well let's wrap it up. No, no, wrap up the Oscars forever. Okay, yeah, wrap up over. the Oscars. Because, you know, we, 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 got to the, we got to the penultimate one. Wait, that's the second. Ultimate one. Yeah. Of course, we haven't gotten to the ultimate award, 
Well, no. The best film of the... The best film of the... So congratulations, GDT. We're rooting for you. I, I liked the Hellboys. They there's, were good. There's not a lot of reason to root for him anymore. He won. Now he becomes the enemy. Oh, we get to see him for two more movies. Yes. Two more movies, including It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm... What? He's in that. Okay. Yeah. No, I just... I wonder what project he's going to do next now that he won the best direct... Like, he's... His, the floodgates are open. I feel like he can't not keep being himself. Yeah. I, I feel like he has to keep being GDT. I mean, in a way, The Shape of Water is sort of a more mainstream version of his, of his, his monsters, as he mm-hmm. puts it. I want to see him look, go back to Pan's Labyrinth. Take us to the weird. Be the better Tim Burton we know you can. And that's really reductive. I didn't mean that. It's insane that you can have things happen. Like Guillermo del Toro wants to make a vampire movie. What does he do? He gets attached to Blade so he can make the grossest, weirdest, most fun vampire movie he can. He wants to make an, a movie about his love of anime. So he gets he makes Hellboy 2. And then he wants to make a movie about his love of 70s Japanese robot cartoons, so he makes Pacific Rim. But I feel like he is getting more and more credibility, so he does not, like, he doesn't have to attach himself to things anymore. Even though he made the first Hellboy because he loves Hellboy, and he made Hellboy 2 because he loves Hellboy and anime. But now he's not doing Hellboy 3, and he's not doing Pacific Rim 2. Yeah, that Pacific Rim sequel looks terrible. No, it's got Boyega. Great. That trailer looks really bad. I haven't seen it. It's got slow motion. Don't watch trailers. Wow, wow. Never watch a trailer. And that brings us to the ultimate trailer fest. The ultimate. The best picture? Yeah. Yeah, best picture. The Academy Award for Best Picture, which is like nine trailers in a row. Okay, let's go. Shape of Water. Bam. Darkest Hour. Bam. Dunkirk. Bam. Phantom Thread. Bam. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing's. Bam. Get Out. Bam. The Post. Bam. Call me by your name and I'll call you in the morning. Bam. Lady Bird. Bam. Nine. Nine movies. And only one of them can walk away with the prestige and glamour that is the Oscar. And everyone knows who it's going to be because usually it goes to the best director. Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Dun, dun, Dunkirk. (laughs) No, did not go to Dunkirk. This was the chance for the Oscars to make a statement, to be bold, to give, give... Guillermo del Toro, the best director award because he deserves it. Yep. But then do a 180. Oh, man, that would have been nuts. And give someone else, like, the most prestigious award. Mm hmm. But they didn't. They didn't. They just gave it they to They gave Guillermo. it to Shape of yeah, Water. They gave it to Shape of Water. It, he, it totally deserves, but that that was their option. That Like, that was. They could have given it to Ladybird. Yeah, they could have given it to Ladybird. Oh, what if it was Get Out? They could have given it to Man, Get Out. Man, that would be nuts. But they just went with tradition. Best director usually lines up with best picture, and that's the case we have here. They went safe and went with the real GDT. But still, awesome. I mean, giving, he deserved it. Giving, giving the best director and best picture to. Yeah, that's great. Really, he deserves it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't love Shape of Water like I wanted to, but it's great. Lifetime. Speaking of a Lifetime Achievement Award. For GDT? Yeah, speaking of being recognized for something you've been working your whole life on, good job. I, I, cause, cause I do feel, Shape of Water was good, mm-hmm. but it, I mean, he's done better. Yeah, I've, I've loved 
most Guillermo del Toro movies, and Shape of Water, about middle of the pack for me. So, like, now that he's won, he's off the handle. Let, let's let loose. Go back. Make Pan's, not Pan's Labyrinth 2, but like a spiritual successor. Wouldn't it be great if he was giving his speech and he uh, he went through the entire thing. Then at the end he said, and I am making a sequel to Harry and the Hendersons. And he walked away. <laughs> I would. Yeah. Well, but... yeah, if I, if I want, because <laughs> I wouldn't want the trailers to say Academy Award winning director. <laughs> that would be. Behind, from the mind that brought you the Academy Best Picture. Harry and the Hendersons what, too. What if he spent his entire career building up to this Oscar, and then he started doing what he actually loves, which is making sequels to things he really loves, like Blade, and that's like new from Academy Award winning director Guillermo del Toro, Harry and the Hendersons too, Legally Blonde four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just the end of his speech. And by the way, my next project. Rebooting Knight Rider. I'm out. Bye. And then he gets into Kit from Knight Rider and drives away. Amazing. Uh, yeah, that was the Oscars. That was the Oscars. What a wild year. Wild and crazy year. Not as wild as last year, because last year was actually a failure of the system in a spectacular fashion. There's a great gif out there that, that where Guillermo GDT yeah. walks up... Takes the the envelope from Clyde, or yeah, he's Clyde, not Bonnie. Yeah, for, look, checks it, looks at it, turns to the audience and goes, "Yeah, <laughs> like that's right." Uh, Guillermo del Toro, I saw that gif. Basically, he makes the only funny Oscar screw up joke of the night. It's great. Uh, oh man. man, I'm exhausted from all this Oscar talk. Well, we have been talking for almost two hours straight. Yeah, hopefully that edits down. But if it doesn't, will not edit down as much as you think it might. I know. I know. It's not. If it doesn't, it's okay. We'll just have to cut. Look forward to a shorter episode next week. <laughs> yeah, for size reasons. So, uh, if you would like to Wait, talk, hold on. What's we, that? We gotta say goodbye and all first. Oh. We, we gotta send this off proper. We can't rush this like the Oscars do. Okay, fine. I just want to say one thing. Okay. So from everyone here at the Zero Credits... So if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can you can send us any of your size concerns to Zero Credits is a podcast at gmail.com. So get us on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. Uh, you can search for Zero Credits Podcast on the Facebook search bar. You can watch us stream video games on Twitch.tv slash Zero Credits. We do that uh, sometimes. And like, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. And most importantly, tell a friend. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I like the cutting you off thing. <laughs>